For God has said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, where we can know the glory of God. That seen in the face of Jesus Christ, we now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile creatures getting this great treasure. This makes it clear that a great power is from God, not from ourselves. Second Corinthians 4, 6 verse 7. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Hey, uh, in case you came in late, my name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors at First Free Church, and we're glad you're here tonight. I mentioned earlier that the reason that we're here is to worship God, and it, it really is. That's why we're here. We sing the songs not for us, but, but for him, out of praise to him. And one of the most praising things we can do for God is to open up the Bible, his word, and to study it. So we're just going to do that uh, together for a few minutes here tonight, and we're going to look at a couple of verses that will, will kind of tie in everything we've been talking about for the last month. But before I do that, I, I just want to say something here. Um, I, I so appreciate our staff and our volunteers that have really gone above and beyond and worked very, very hard to put together not only the services yesterday, but the service tonight as well. And so I just want to appreciate them and say thank you to them for everything they do. It takes an incredible amount of work to make all of this stuff happen, and there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that uh, you would never really know about or get to see, and that's a good thing. If you see it all, that means we're not doing our job the way we should, uh, but we're so thankful for them and everything that they do here, and so if you do get to see our volunteers or staff, please thank them for all that they do. Well, all month uh, this December, we have been talking about the light of the world. We've been going through a series together, and tonight is kind of a continuation of that. Sometimes we treat Christmas Eve a little bit differently, but this year we're actually treating it as part of the same series. In fact, next week will actually be the conclusion of the Light of the World series, and we'll be talking more about that. We've been talking about Jesus as the light of the world. John says that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus called himself the light of the world, and we've said that that means that he represents and he is God's truth, God's guidance, and God's salvation in this world because he is the light of the world. And we also talked about how Jesus says that his followers are also the light of the world. So not only is Jesus the light of the world, but those of us who follow Jesus are also the light of the world. And, and tonight, we look forward to everything that has to do with Christmas tomorrow. If there are kids in the room, they're looking forward probably, I'm guessing, to sleeping in or presents. What are you, probably the, the presents. Are you looking forward to presents? You should probably put those candles down. Yeah, that would not be good right now. <laughs> We're looking forward to the presents. We're looking forward to everything else. But we also want to remember the real reason that we celebrate Christmas. To reflect on why all of this matters in the first place. And so tonight, hopefully, we will tee up what you will be thinking about and talking about and praying about a little bit tomorrow amidst all the fun and family and food and all the other great stuff that happens tomorrow. I hope that what we talk about tonight will prepare you to be worshiping God tomorrow as we remember the birth of Jesus. Speaking of, 2,000 years ago, I cannot even begin to imagine the emotions that must have been going through Mary. 
You all know the story of Mary and Joseph and how this angel came to Mary that night and told her that she would have this son. And to think that this little baby that was inside of her was divine, that there was that there was God inside of her. And I'll bet that it was hard at times for her as she went through the pregnancy for those nine months. At times she must have, she must have felt like, can this really be happening? Like, is this really, is this really possible? Did, did, that really, did the angel really tell me that? That must have been a dream, but no. No, Joseph saw too. The angel visited him too, and so this is real. This is really happening. I I can't even begin to put myself into those shoes and imagine what she must have felt like, that surreal feeling of having God, having Jesus, having something divine be inside of a fragile human being. It was the ultimate picture of strength living inside of weakness, of God being inside of a, a frail human being. And then... As Jesus was born and he walked this life, he had this human body. And so how strange that the creator would want to live as one of his creations. To be born as a human, to experience the emotion and the pain and even the weakness and the temptation that we experience as human beings, that God would want to come and be among us. It was strength living in weakness, God in a human body. One songwriter put it this way. He said, who is God that he would take our frame, the artisan inside the paint, or breathe the very air his breath sustains, the architect inside the plan. Oh, come now, hail his arrival, the God of creation, royalty robed in the flesh he created. God embraced our frame. When he graced the world he made, all hail the divine in a manger. Love embraced our fate. When the playwright took the stage, all hail the arrival of our maker. What we celebrate tomorrow is strength in weakness. Such an incredible thing that Jesus did for us in coming to this world as a baby and living as a human so that he could show us the way to God. But the story doesn't end there, does it? We all know that there's more to this because we don't really celebrate Christmas just because of the birth of Christ. No, we celebrate Christmas because of what he came here to do and why he came here to do it and what he means to us. No, so what I wanna talk to you about today is to take you to a place in the Bible that we don't usually associate with Christmas. I've never heard a Christmas message preached on this passage, but this, I promise you, is exactly why we celebrate Christmas. This is the real reason why we celebrate Christmas. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to put it on the screens for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. This is the verse that the kids read earlier in the video. It says this, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. This is it. This is why Jesus came to this world as a baby. It's so that you and I can know the glory of God. There are many people that believe there is a God 
But not everyone knows the glory of God, has a relationship with God because they don't believe in Jesus who came to make that possible for us. He is the only pathway for us to God. And so that's why we read that the glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus made it possible for us to have a relationship with God, to spend eternity with him. That's why we celebrate. It's why Jesus came. He connects us to God in a way we could never have experienced on our own. And when that happens, the Bible says, God puts his light in us. We have his light inside of us. And then, so that we can be sure to keep everything in perspective, read the next verse, verse seven. It says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like, get this, fragile clay jars. We are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Like fragile clay jars. Now this book, this letter that we are reading from 2 Corinthians was written to a church in Corinth to really understand what Paul, the Apostle Paul, means by fragile clay jars, you know the drill, we have to learn something about Corinth. So we're gonna talk about Corinth a little bit. This city had a broad reputation for these bronze and clay jars that they would produce. Greek pottery is really an incredible thing and you can see some examples on the screen. Beautiful clay vases that they painted, many of which are still intact today. But you've got to understand that this was not the common pottery that everyday people would be using. They didn't have anything like this. Archaeologists have uncovered massive amounts of pottery from this city. And most of it isn't nearly as beautiful or as durable as what you see on the screen. Not the bronze pottery, not this nice painted clay pottery. But in many cases, the pottery, the clay pots that they would use were basically the paper cups or styrofoam cups of their world. It was disposable. It was an item that you could that you could get in a certain area. These delicate cups, we'll show you a picture on the screen, are still used in many parts of the world today. Very thin pieces of clay that would be formed into a cup that'd be hardened in a fire, but they were so thin that they weren't expected to last beyond one or two uses. And and still in some parts of the world today, if you were to go buy something like a, a drink of tea, which is what's in this cup here, or a little bit of food or something like that, you might get them in a little clay jar that has been mass produced just for the purpose of being able to give you a quick bite to eat or drink on the street and then you're on your way. It's a disposable cup, like a styrofoam cup. Cheap, thin, disposable, biodegradable, gluten, dairy, and soy free, (laughs) may contain trace amounts of mud, This is the thing that you might get and just kind of throw it away on the street and it just becomes sort of part of the pavement that would be there. Here's the point. Compared to the strength and the power and the light of God, you and I are like a styrofoam cup. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to use a styrofoam cup more than once. It doesn't work very well. If you use a styrofoam cup too many times, you know that it starts to get all sorts of scratches and gouges and eventually there's gonna be a little rip in there and you go to pour your hot coffee or hot chocolate or whatever it is in there and all of a sudden you've got a mess all over the place because this is not designed to be used for very long. It's very fragile. 
That's the idea behind the clay pots that we're talking about here. They're fragile. They're easily breakable. They're not the strongest thing in the world. And it's a great analogy for us because it really represents who we are. We are fragile. We are easily broken. It doesn't take very long in life before we start to develop some regrets And we become aware of some weaknesses that we may try to hide. We start to show our flaws and then we try to keep those under wraps. They say that you should never meet your heroes. And I've met some of my heroes. I can absolutely agree with that statement. Because as soon as you meet this person that you have looked up to and admired them and followed them and think they're they're just this great person and then you get to know them a little better and you start to realize, well, they're just as messed up as everybody else. They're broken and fragile just like me. They look great from a distance, but once you get up close, we are all fragile and broken and there are imperfections and problems that every single one of us have. So, what do we draw from this? Other than maybe a little bit of temporary discouragement. Verse seven says, this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Yes, you are like a fragile clay jar. Yes, you are easily broken and wounded and hurt and you have weaknesses. But that makes what shines inside of you, if you have Jesus light inside of you, all the more brilliant. The contrast is what's so compelling. When you see someone who has weaknesses, but through those weaknesses shine through the light of Christ. That's what's so compelling about what happened 2,000 plus years ago tomorrow when Jesus came to this earth to bring light into this world. So here is my challenge for you this evening. Don't try to hide your weaknesses. Don't try to hide your weaknesses. Be honest about them and let the light shine through. Tomorrow, your family is going to get on your nerves. Just saying. Don't be surprised by that. Don't try to hide it. Just be honest about it and let the light shine through. At some point this week, you are going to have the opportunity to help someone at a time that is inconvenient for you. And the thoughts running through your head are going to be, I don't have time, I don't want to do that, I don't want to help them in whatever way. Don't be surprised by that. That's your weakness. That's your flaw. That's your human frailness, your fragile clayness. That's your styrofoam cup. Be honest about it with yourself and let the light shine through. Choose to let the light shine through your cracks and scrapes and holes and gouges and all of that stuff. Whenever someone sees your imperfections, your tendency is going to be to want to pull back that curtain and cover it up and say, no, 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 that's not my problem. I don't have that. My challenge to you is to let your flaws and your weaknesses show Because when you do, and then you choose to let the light of Jesus shine through you, that makes the light that much more compelling. That makes what God offers us that much better. 
Because it's nothing that we could do. It is him working in us. And that's what Paul is talking about here. That's why Jesus came. Not so that you could look perfect. But so that through your imperfections, Jesus could shine through you. And then that light shining through you becomes the light of the world. It's what we celebrate tomorrow. Not just that a baby came to this earth to look around and then head home, but that he came here to bring the light and to put the light into us. It's an amazing thing. I want to pray for you now. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us the light. Thank you for letting it shine in us. Thank you for using us as a fragile, human, clay, disposable container to bring your light to other people. Sometimes I've wondered in the past, Lord, why you would just keep us here. Why, once we trust in you, would you not just simply take us home? The reason you have us here is so that we can represent you to others. So help us to represent you well. And if there's someone here today, Lord, who does not have that kind of relationship with you, does not have the light in you, I pray that tonight they would ask the question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to have God's light inside of me? How can I have that in my life, Lord? I pray that you would work in their heart and give them a real reason to celebrate this Christmas season. And of course, all of the praise and the glory for everything we are and everything we do and anything that's good in us all goes back to you. We praise you, God. We praise you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.